Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's go into the Word briefly before we enjoy what this day has for us. If you can quickly turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. This is the verse I just wanted to share with everyone. And of course, there are some other verses, but they just came first in my heart. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. And it says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. The Bible says that we are all chosen by Christ. Hallelujah. Every one of us is chosen. Amen. And we have been chosen for such a time as this. If you're wondering why wasn't I born in the 18th century, 19th century, well, it's because God chose you to be born in these times. Now, sometimes we may look at the darkness of our times, we may look at the challenges of our times, and we may get overwhelmed. Even all the children here, you may be wondering, why am I here in this day and age, 2022, when all the wars are happening in Ukraine and the problems that are happening around the world? Well, do you know that God chose you for such a time as this? Amen. God chose you to be in Him. God chose you to save you. God chose you to bless you, fill you with the Holy Spirit. And God chose you for such a time as this because God has really blessed you with His gifts, with His faith, with His abilities. And God has put so much in you because you are the generation that God wants to shine His light in these days. All of you children, you are special because you are chosen for these times. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you are chosen to be in Him. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you are chosen to be in these times. And now to talk to yourself and say, I am chosen to shine as God's light in these times. Amen. Don't run away from whatever is happening around the world. Accept it. By faith, begin to shine the glory of God. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. In this church, we believe that God has a good plan for all of us. In this church, we believe God has called us to be victorious. In this church, we believe God is a good God. And He's in a good mood today. Amen. He's not angry with you. He's not angry with anyone today. Your father may have shouted at you because you were late in getting ready. But your heavenly Father is smiling at you today. He's happy with you because you have believed in Jesus Christ. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. In this church, we believe that the Word of God gives us the victory. In this church, we believe that the church is called to shine. Not to hide from the world, but to shine. Not to be like the world, but to transform the world. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. And the way we do that is by our faith, our love, our prayers, and by being different from the world. We are chosen to be different, not to be like the world. So election time is coming. All you fathers and mothers, be different, alright? All the village headmen, be different. Colony chakras, be different. Amen. Don't be like the world, selling their vote. Hallelujah. Christians don't sell votes. All the people out there, Naga, selling the votes, they're not Christians. 
Or there may be Christians who don't know their identity in Christ. But sons and daughters of God don't sell their words. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I want to share with you briefly about God's heart for children. And I want us to see that God really cares for children. And as parents, this is also the way we can care for them. And children, I want you to hear this word so that you will understand how valuable you are, how precious you are to God. All right? So the first verse is Psalms 127, verse 3 to 5. And first, we must value children as God's gift to us. Behold. Everyone behold. Look at the children around you. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Everyone say heritage. The word heritage means gift, inheritance. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So don't complain about how many children you have. Sometimes when mothers get stressed, they're like, oh, when this baby came, yeah, it changed my life. Yeah, I changed your life for the better. Amen. Hallelujah. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Your children are your arrows that God has given to you, that you can train them and one day you will have to release them. Arrows are not made to be kept in quivers. So the Bible saying here, happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with the enemies in their gates. Arrows are designed to be released. Hallelujah. You know what this means? Children, you are God's gift to your children, to your parents. Parents, your children are God's gift to you. It's a gift, which means this. Your children don't belong to you. You're only a manager. You're only a steward. You're only there to enjoy them for a certain amount of years, to train them, to invest into them, and one day you'll have to let them go. So you cannot hold on to them so much with this anxiety and this, oh, I want to be involved in my kid's life, the whole life. I want to control how, how uh, you know, even after they're married, I want to tell them what to do, what they don't have to do. That's wrong. Let them go. Release them from your heart. You're only a manager. They belong to God. Can you say amen? And God can do a better job at times in taking care of them than you if you will only release them to the Lord. One of the best prayers as parents you can do for your children is this. Every day, release your children to the Lord and say, Father, you can do a better job in speaking to my child than me. You know that there's a promise in Isaiah 54 that says, when you believe you are the righteousness of God, all your children will be taught by God. God will teach your children if you will just believe. Yes, you are involved. You are there to be an example and to teach. But remember this, the Holy Spirit is a better teacher than you. The Holy Spirit can protect them better than you. So the best thing you can do for your children, parents, is to release them to the Lord, pray for them, love them, and just believe that the Heavenly Father will take care of them because they are given to you by Him. Can we say Amen? Receive them as God's gift. That means you will value them. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. Can you say Amen? The second is this. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 to 14. Little children were brought to Jesus that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. 
Now, we know that all humans are valuable to God because God created all. Fathers, mothers, grandparents, young teenagers, leaders, rich people, poor people, powerful people, talented people. God created all of them and even children. That means to God, children are valuable. But in society, sometimes we value people more because of their looks, their wealth, their intelligence, their creativity. And we value them more when they are in positions of power and as families and as adults. And sometimes we may ignore children. Sometimes you may think, well, children, God cannot use you much right now, so just wait for your time. Well, children, we sometimes tend to push them to the side, just like the disciples of Jesus, because they wanted to come and be blessed by Jesus. But the disciples started acting as bouncers. And pushing them away. And that's when Jesus says, Let the children come to me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. You see, little children, you are valuable to God. In all your innocence, in all your vulnerability, even if you're just four years old, Jesus values you. You are important to God. And God wants to touch you. Jesus laid hands upon them. You know what that means? God wants to touch children. We think that God wants to touch only adults. And so when we have serious services, all the children are downstairs. No. God wants to touch children. In fact, in our revival services, you should bring your kids. Parents, bring your children to kids when we have prayer meetings, when we have revival services. Why? One of the best things you can do for your children is for them to be touched by the anointing of God, by the power of God. They, they may not understand the word, but I tell you, they will respond to the anointing of God. My mother used to tell me that when revival came in 19, 1976 in Nagaland, we were in uh, Dimapur, and they would take us to revival services. I don't remember anything. But I was so touched by the Spirit of the Lord, I would come back at night, wake them up, and sing revival songs. I was four years old at that time. Wake up my parents and sing revival songs. Ask them to confess the sins. <laughs> I was doing that, all right? See, the Spirit of God touched me. See, the Spirit of God deposited something in me when I was four years old, and I did not even know it. But over all those years when I was in school and then I was in college, I tell you, there were so many opportunities for me to really go bad take drugs and get involved in wrong relationships and hang out with the wrong crowd. But I told you, there was something that always pulled me back from the edge of the cliff. There was always something in my heart that pulled me back. And now I realize it was the Spirit of God that touched me when I was four and it kept me and preserved me. And then one day, that seed in me came out. See, one of the best things you can do, parents, for your children is let them soak in the anointing of God. Let them be touched by the anointing, the presence of God. And I tell you, there are treasures. There are things God deposits into your children that you do not even know. And so when your child is touched and they're crying and they're lying on the floor and they're shaking, don't get worried. Don't get anxious. It's the Holy Spirit. Just let the Spirit of God minister to them. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Value them. Jesus treated children with value and honor. And we also must. In fact, James chapter 1 verse 27 says, True religion is this, taking care of widows and taking care of orphans. 
So one of the ways you practice true religion is by valuing children, especially the oppressed, especially the underprivileged. True religion. When you care for children, you are really showing that you believe in God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. The third thing that I want us to see is this. Luke 18, 15 to 17. They also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to him and said, Let the children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. For of such is the kingdom of God. And whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Jesus is saying here, children have such a quality upon them that they are able to teach us about the kingdom of God. Children have innocence. Children have childlike trust. Children can exercise their faith. Children get excited when you tell them, we're going to have this. We're going to do this. God loves you. They get excited. When we tell them, go and pray for your parents, they do it. And that's why I want to invite you to come and look at the prophetic art that they have made. Here, three, downstairs. And even go and get one of those prophetic cards that are downstairs. I went and picked up one. And you know what I got? I got a sneaker. A picture of a sneaker. It says, acceleration and growth. When I looked at that, I turned it away and I kept it back. But then suddenly it hit me. Wait a minute. This is something for me because in the last one month, I've bought about seven or eight pairs of sneakers. Or maybe even 10 pairs of sneakers. Just sneakers. I don't know why. I just want to buy sneakers in this time. Maybe God says it's time to run. 50 years old, it's time to run, young man. Hallelujah. Amen. So it was a word for me. It was a prophetic word for me. So don't think that they are little children. And so what can they tell me? I want Einstein to come and speak to me. Right? Some of you are thinking like that. So I, I want the prophetic to speak to me. Sometimes they cannot speak to you. Because the mind has been too spoiled by the things of the world. But little children, see, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. You have to enter the kingdom of God as a little child. See, children have a quality upon them that if you only recognize and if you will only value and honor, you can learn so much about God. And that's why we see in the scriptures, God always went for the young. Daniel and his three friends. You know that they were teenagers when they were chosen to be in the court of Nebuchadnezzar? Teenagers. And they were as teenagers, so hungry for God, they decided we're going to fast, not eat from the king's table. We're going to keep ourselves pure and they're just going to believe in God. And so what did God do for them? Made them 10 times more intelligent and wiser than all the wise men in Babylon. See, children, Listen to me. If you just believe in God and pray for wisdom, God can make you wiser than all your friends. God can make you smarter than all your friends. Can you say amen? See, this is one of the words that God gives to our church. That we are called, our children are called to be a holy nation. What does a holy nation mean? It means different. You're going to be different from other kids. The Spirit of God is going to be upon you and you're going to be smarter than your teachers. You're going to be wiser. When words come out of your mouth, little children, wisdom will come out in the classrooms. So believe that for your own lives because God did that for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Daniel, as a young man, becomes the chief advisor to the emperor. What about Joseph? 
He was a teenager when he got the vision of greatness. Sometimes we think you have to be an old lady praying every day till you get a vision. Joseph was 16 years old, 15 years old when he got a vision from God. He was able to hear from God. And his heart was filled with greatness. Of course, there were some flesh issues he needed to deal with. But God did not reject him. And God blessed him. And one day, by the age of 30, he became the prime minister of Egypt. Hallelujah. Young man. What about David? David was just a teenager taking care of the sheep. Ignored by the father and the brothers. But God said, I like him. Do you know that God is looking at you children? All of you are my children anyway, okay? Even the fathers. <laughs> and God is saying here today, I like these people. I like you. Some of you may be ignored by your own clans, by your own villages. Some of you may be ignored by your own tribes because you have a wife from another tribe. You know, sometimes those things happen in our tribe. Because you can't speak your own language. Like, I can't speak my own tribal language. You know, so listen. As long as you love God, no one can stop God from blessing you and lifting you up as David. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't worry about the elder brothers. Just believe in God. Little children, God can anoint you at a young age for greatness. David was anointed when he was 16, but he became king after 20 years. God can anoint you when you are here in Kingdom Kids. Fill you with the Spirit of God. Touch you with His power. And one day when you are 35 years old, you can even be the Prime Minister of this nation. It's possible. Anything is possible. You can be the Chief Minister of Nagaland. And then you can make the roads. At that time I'll be a grandfather and I'll be cheering you on. Hallelujah. You can. You can be 35 years old one day and you can be an ICE officer and that is ruling with integrity. Can you say amen? Amen. You can come up with an invention that heals cancer. You can do that. Why is it only the West or people in cities that do great things? We think, no, it's the Spirit of God that gives you wisdom and creativity. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Some of you can write songs that the whole world will sing. Children, it is possible. It doesn't come with geography. It doesn't come with age. It doesn't come with which country you're born from, which, how much riches you have. It's all about the calling of God. You are chosen by God and you are chosen for greatness. You're chosen for creativity. You're chosen for power. You're chosen to rule and to reign. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. See, as parents and as leaders and as adults, we must honor the uniqueness of every child. We must celebrate the uniqueness of every child. Can you say amen? Honor them when they are young. Recognize Jesus in them when they are young. Every child is carrying Jesus in them. And many times Jesus is expressed through them to the gifts of singing, to the gift of painting, to the gift of, you know, um, worship, to the gift of even prayer. Some of the kids, they're very prophetic. So as leaders, we must recognize that and we must support that. We must celebrate that and we must empower that. Look at Jeremiah. He says in chapter 1, verses 4 to 7, The Lord's word came to me. Before I created you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I set you apart. I made you a prophet to the nations. God is telling Jeremiah, before you were born, I chose you. And I made you a prophet to the nations. You were called from your mother's womb. And then Jeremiah says, but Lord God, I don't know how to speak because I'm only a child. The Lord responded, don't say I'm only a child. Where I send you, you must go. What I tell you, you must say. God always went for the young. Jesus was young when he started his ministry. The disciples of Jesus were all young. Now I'm not saying if you're old, God has forgotten you. No, God gives dreams even to old men. <laughs> the Bible says, right? The Spirit of the Lord is poured out on all flesh. That means all flesh, old and young, can serve the Lord. But somehow there is a place in the heart of God for young. He chose Jeremiah when he was just in his mother's womb and told Jeremiah, you are a prophet to the nations. And of course, Jeremiah said, I'm only a child. See, some of you, from the KK, you may be thinking, I'm young. I'm only a child. It takes years for me to do those great things I want to do for God. No, don't wait. Wherever you are right now, begin to serve God. Wherever you are, begin to praise God. Wherever you are, begin to reveal the gifts, the talents, the abilities you have within you. Because times are changing. The young people are leading a lot more nowadays from the front. There's a church in Singapore where all the leaders are teenagers. And the teenagers are running the church. And the pastors just behind them, supporting them, encouraging them, empowering them. But the whole church is run by teenagers and they're able to reach out to all the teenagers in the city. And it is growing amazingly. That's why parents, adults, don't think your children are just children. They don't know anything. That's foolishness on our part. Even from a young age, they carry God's grace upon them. They carry God's anointing upon them. And they can do great things even at that young age. Can you say amen? David began to just prosper in his ministry to the king. The moment the anointing of God came upon him, he began to kill more Philistines than even the king. He began to have more victories than anyone in Israel. Age is not a barrier. It's only faith. It's only our mindset. What about Mary? Mary was just a young girl. When God said, I like her and I'm going to choose her to carry my son. So Mary was just a teenager when the angel of God visited her and said, you're going to carry in your womb the Son of God. His name is going to be Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Can you imagine if you are 16 years old and the angel from heaven comes, Michael, and he speaks to you and he gives you that word and the next day you can feel in your womb that Son of God is in you, right? What pressure, what responsibility, what trust from God. Out of all the women in Israel, of all the teenage girls, God chose you to carry that blessing. 
See, even today, in our times, God can choose you to put in your heart a vision. God can put in your heart a dream. God can put in your heart a song. God can put in your heart a project. God can put in your heart an idea. God can put in your heart, your heart is your womb. And you can carry that seed of greatness. That even if others will not know, you are carrying it and you're nursing it. As little children, you're nursing it and you have a dream that one day you're going to feed thousands of orphans a day. You have a dream that one day you're going to be an engineer that solves the water problem in Kohima. Hallelujah. You're going to do something great with your life. God can give you that dream even today. As we pray for you. It can come. Do you know, children, God has created you for greatness, not for mediocrity. There is no Christian who is created for mediocrity. If Christians live mediocre lives, it's a problem in their own hands. It's not a problem from God because the Word of God says we are chosen to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people called out of darkness into His marvelous light. And the Bible says God has put His Spirit within us. Jesus Christ lives in us. And it's not a duplicate Jesus. It's not a Chinese Jesus. It's not a third-class Jesus. The original Jesus lives in you. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. It's not a mediocre spirit. Not a mediocre Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You are destined for greatness. You are called for greatness. The Bible says we have been called for the glory of God. God has saved us to put His glory upon us. And not only to the children, I'm saying even to the adults. We are created for His glory. To be crowned with greatness. Oh, wait a minute. I thought Christians are supposed to be humble. Only Jesus is supposed to be great. Listen, we are called to shine as the body of Christ. We are called to shine as the bride of Christ. We are called to shine as a people of God. Not shine with our own light, with our own wisdom, but with His light, His glory, His grace upon us. Amen. So the gifts that God puts into us, the abilities that God puts into us, the wisdom He gives us, the ideas He gives us, the anointing He gives us is so that we can shine. God did not say, only Jesus will shine, huh? He said, let your light shine. But we know it's not our light, it's Jesus' light shining through us. Amen. See, Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Upon you. Yeah. See, don't have this traditional mindset where well, I'm just supposed to be humble. I'm not supposed to shine. I don't want to shine. I don't want to shine. No, God wants you to shine. God wants you to shine. Can you say amen? God wants you to shine. So don't demean yourself. Don't speak bad to yourself. Don't put yourself down. Children, you're called for greatness. Come on, say this with me. I'm called to be great. And it's not a prideful great. It is not a fleshly great. I'm called to be great in Christ. Can you say, I'm called to be great in Christ. See, greatness is our identity. Greatness is our destiny. You must believe that, every one of us. 
Because what gives glory to God is when we live great lives. When we live awesome lives. When we live amazing lives. When we live excellent lives. When we do things in an excellent way, it gives glory to God. See, if you come to a church and everything is dusty, everything is old, the walls are dirty, the floors are dirty, and everything is really, really old and dirty, the chairs are not in place, and you come to this church and everything was like that, does it give glory to God? Come on, does it give glory to God? No. But if we make sure that we sweep the best, keep the chairs in the best way, keep everything clean and do things in an excellent way, does it give glory to God? See, the works of the children give glory to the Father. For too long, we have been brainwashed by traditional religious thinking that says Christians should not desire to be great. No, we should not be proud, we should not be arrogant, but greatness is different. Greatness is when you begin to let the gift and the anointing of God shine out through your life. Every Christian is called for that. Every Christian is anointed for that. Not only one or two super pastors, super apostles, super evangelists. Every one of you is called for greatness. Why? Because every one of you is a masterpiece. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says in verse 10, For we are God's workmanship. Everyone say, I am God's workmanship. It means you're God's work of art. You're God's masterpiece. Every one of us. Glory to God. Amen. And the last is this. Leave an inheritance. Proverbs 13 verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. What better inheritance, fathers, mothers, you can leave to your children than a life of faith that you live? A life of prayer that you live. Amen. That's the inheritance we must live for our children. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700-568-4533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.